This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin. Welcome into Season 2, Episode 38 of Banging on the Drum, our third live episode in a row. And Mike, we've been doing it for over a year consistently, so... We're we're a year and about a quarter for sure. So Mark, so we started in November. Yeah, we, we might have to do something. Twenty twenty one. We might have to do something special for the hundredth hundredth episode. We got to be creeping up on. It. I think we had sixty something. And I think we're one. probably over it already. <laughs> Shoot. So we might have to reemptively. Is that the word? Re. We might have to go back, like like pretend we're at a hundred and do a hundredth episode, or maybe we'll just Before. celebrate the hundred and fifth or something like that. But I am your host, yeah. P Dog. <laughs> Join along with M Dog. We've already heard. <laughs> oh no, Mark! Mike doesn't really like barking, but I cue him to bark, so he barks. So, so good for you, yep. Mike. Yeah, so that's the that's the deal. When we come on, we got to bark because we're dogs, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and all of our segments are becoming more and more animal related. Um, we'll be doing a couple things on the fly, but I'll just give them the flow of the episode. So, excuse me, we're gonna start this one overs and unders. Then we are gonna clean up our. Bing bong count over the Super Bowl, roll into some Daytona 500 stuff. That's the stuff we we're going to be doing live. Um, anyways, long story short, Martin Truex Jr.'s taking home the checkers, baby. Then we're going to bark about the Bucks. Then we're going to bark about the Badgers. I don't think we're going to meow about Marquette today. Uh, we got some hot in the streets, spicy pepperoni, pepperonis. Pepperonis, and yeah, we're just freestyling from there. Wait a minute, I think they're pepperonis, aren't they? Isn't it like a play on pepperoni? Pepperoni. I mean, it would, either way, there. Then you don't call them pepperonis, do you? I mean, well, I mean, maybe you do. <laughs> pepperonis. Yeah, you're saying pepperonis, and they're pepperonis. Ah, I like that better. That is a wiser play on the word. Yeah, you're I probably think, right. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's that's the way I've always assumed that they were, is that they were like, so pepperonis are probably like a relatively fake meat to begin with. Like it's got a bunch of fillers and like bullshit in it. Oh, they're then, good though. Yeah, they're great. That's best topping on pizza. But uh, spicy meatball right there, right? Ooh. You want to... Because some is. controversy, pepperonis are the best topping for pizza. I don't disagree with you on like an average everyday scale, but the absolute best topping on a pizza is a uh, Rocky Rococo sausage. Ugh, nope. Pass. <laughs> I'll eat them, but like I don't need well, that at all. So. I could just eat a bucket of those. They look, they look kind of gross. Like when you get a scab on your knee and you like pick off the scab and then you eat it. 
a hundred like there they're better than like a regular sausage like sausage on a regular pizza pizza is much worse than a rock sausage what's your perfect pizza like a so i don't i mean so i'm pretty simple and i will if you gave me any option it might just be like a like standard pepperoni pizza not even like a pepperoni lovers or anything where it's all covered in pepperoni might just be just pepperonis i do like like green peppers on there on occasion but i never eat that um the only thing that i would really kick off a pizza i've never had like anchovies or something like that but the only thing i have eaten on a pizza that i'm like get like please take it off is olives and even those i'll eat so yeah i'm not a pineapple fan i don't get into the argument though if you like pineapple on your pizza good for you but i've heard more and more people going with like the simplistic route i hear people saying like they like cheese pizza the best or just like one topping but i'm just meat lovers that's it like if i if I'm testing out a place for the first time, I'm going to test out their meat lovers. Um, I'll give you another quick, like pizza hot take. I don't need bacon on any pizza I've ever eaten. Oh yeah. I think that that would be hot. You you're coming up with spicy meatballs. So Mike's first two uh, spicy meatballs are. One is about a meatball too. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Pepperonis. Are the best topping on pizza. I don't think that's too spicy. I think that no, I think that's pretty standard. Yeah, that's pretty big. Like a so, probably like 50 or 51% of the population would agree. So yeah, I'll give you a two jalapenos. Yeah. And on the other one, what was the other one? Bake you never need to put bacon on your pizza. Like it yeah, never needs and, to be there. And I'll crack that up to eight. Eight jalapenos. Yeah, because there's definitely like a good 75% of the population that just is kind of like bacon needs to be on everything. Yeah, and I'm I'm in that camp. Uh we we've had the I think we've had the conversation on the show before too, is how you define sweets. I, I'm so glad I was the person that helped you define what a sweet was. Was anything yeah. that you wouldn't put cheese on to make it better? I think bacon yep. is pretty close to cheese when it comes to that like i think almost everything that i enjoy eating becomes a step better with bacon on top of it try me out try me out real quick see if you can defeat me okay okay so like all your breakfast foods with bacon are going to be better um besides pancakes like you can right, so- just put a, a smush up but that pancakes is sweet so but like you could definitely put sausage like in a pancake like a corn dog with sausage and pancakes yeah it's it's realistic like that's that's not my jam but yeah so that's Uh, let's see so we're so we're looking at non-sweets correct that you couldn't put bacon on so i'll give you a couple examples i think pizza is better with bacon on it i think cheeseburgers are better with bacon on it I think cheese, like just if you just gave me a strip of cheese and you put bacon on top of it, it's bad. Yeah. So I can't like, I can't think of anything. I don't have to have bacon on everything. Right. So 
I don't know that it always like enhances a food pizza for me to be the example. Um, but I don't hate it. Like I'll eat it. I might eat it over something that would have some other type of topping on it. I just don't need it on pizza. I get where you're at with bacon. I don't, honestly, I can't think of something that I would be like, that's a, you know, not a sweet and bacon makes it worse. Um, chicken and bacon isn't usually like a thing, but I'm sure it'd be fine together. Yeah. I think there's that KFC bacon, chicken sandwich. Subway's got, Subway's got one too. Like a chicken bacon ranch. The the Atkins diet sandwiches, like using bacon as bread in that. Yeah. So what about like avocados? Definitely not a sweet. Would you put bacon with avocados or like guacamole? Oh, hell. Like if you had bacon, like would you dip strips of bacon into guacamole? You're looking at me like you would think that was weird, but I'm like. Yeah, that's basically. Yeah, it might be. It might be really good. Like I don't do it, like because I'm more of like a soft bacon person. But it's probably because I'm like, I don't know where I'd go with that. Like how how to make it? Like what would make what would be worse with bacon on it? And I don't. I'm not sure I can get there. No, you can't. It's a it's a philosophy question. It's funny. I'm in a philosophy class now, so whenever I'm in a class where I know like a little about something, I like bring it up like a thousand times. Like you know, like your standard college kid like learns one thing. It's like the classic uh, Goodwill Hunting when he's in the bar and he's like, "Yo, you just spouted out a little bit of." I can't remember who he references in it, but yeah, now, now like that, I know uh, that Socrates came first, Plato came second, and Aristotle came third. I feel like I'm a philosopher, and my two philosophies you are. are that cheese and bacon are better on most everything besides sweets, or anything is better. This, this would be my philosophical take on it. Anything is better with bacon and cheese. Except for sweets. Yeah, I agree. Hard to hard to prove wrong. I mean, it's hard. Right. It's hard to argue it. There's things that, like I said, pizza. I don't need bacon on my pizza, right? I don't need it. Yeah, I actually think the texture of that bothers me. But I understand your argument where it, like, it's okay. Like everything in, with it, it enhances it. All right, should we get into this show? Not yet, I suppose. Um, I'll jump off with my unders for the week. Um, So I realized something about myself and this happened tonight. Um, When I'm not dieting, sandwiches are just a way for me to eat more um, whipped dressing, like Miracle Whip or whatever. Um, I'm not a, I'm not like a huge mayo guy. Miracle Whip is definitely the way to go. Tangier, better, tastier. It's good. Um, I know that that is, kind of a division line between people as well. But the only reason like I eat sandwiches is to eat like Miracle Whip or um, like a sauce, like honey mustard or some like sauce of some sort. That's the taste I'm looking for in those sandwiches. It's not the meat or the bread. It's so that I can like, you can't just spoonful yourself full of, mayo that's fucking weird but if you put a shitload on a sandwich it's okay could and you that's eat a like, spoonful of mayo and would it be yeah, enjoyable I, yes 
Oh no, man. I, I couldn't do that. So yeah, that that's kind of weird. I heard a story about a guy uh dipping his fries in uh butter. Thought that was the oddest shit ever. Not like butter. Did you try like, it? Like melted butter. It, no, it was like yep. a stick of butter. Like take I'm sure it's good. Like I, I like I didn't disagree with it, but I I thought it was odd. But then they probably yeah, I agree. think it's odd that I dip in ranch. We're, that's getting worldwide, though. That's like I brought it to Brazil. Brazil is already going crazy about dipping surprise in ranch. But but yeah, mayo, yeah. though, I'm cool with it on a sandwich, but it, it's definitely not the reason I ate a sandwich. For me, it's almost like 100% like why I'm eating the sandwich. And I noticed that today because like I go way overboard on the mayo and like the taste I'm looking for is the mayo. So, yeah, I, I think you got like some validity. I, I think just, I have a different sauce that I go with. Like when I go to Subway, I usually get my sandwich with the like Southwest Chipotle oh, yeah. type sauce. And that makes my sandwich so much better. And I always just say, just a little, like I'll order my whole sandwich and then I'll be like, just a little Chipotle Southwest. And like, if they like just dump it on, makes me smile. I'm like, yes. <laughs> they knew I was bluffing. So, <laughs> they knew I so, was what, <laughs> so why do you uh, just say just a little, if that, if you want them to dump it on, like you could just say, just give it to me. Like, what, like think, why not? Um, I think you go to Subway because you want to like be healthier. So I think I have like, I'm pretty real with myself. Like most of the time it's like, I I can be me for the most part, but for some reason with like eating, like I like to make it seem like I eat (laughs) healthier. Like if I'm going to eat shitty food, I usually eat shitty food in my car. Like I don't eat shitty food in front. Yeah. It's just like a, a self-conscious thing, I guess. So, but no, I don't know if I think of that when I'm eating the sandwich. Like, I think I kind of want to be healthy, but then I think when they put it on, I'm like, it's not my fault anymore. It's their fault. They chose, they chose for me to be unhealthier than I wanted. Yeah, so I can you wanted, you wanted yeah. just a little. Yeah. I and just because it. you're happy that it's, more on there that doesn't mean you wanted that <laughs> yeah it's someone else's fault and then i'm being a nice person by not being like oh that's too much like yeah like redo sandwich. it yeah 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 you're a good person pat good job yeah um but like that disappointed me that i realized this today that like that's my purpose for eating and so like peanut butter sandwiches right so peanut butter and jelly sandwiches my whole purpose of eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is to load that thing with strawberry jam like as much as I can without it. Like every time I take a bite, it like flops onto my plate. Like the goal is to get as much strawberry jam in there as possible. Don't need any peanut butter, but I make the sandwich so that I don't look like a crazy person just spooning it up, like eating strawberry jam out of the jar, which definitely can do have done. will do again eventually, maybe this weekend. Yeah, man. I don't got those hankerings that you do for, or jam and jelly and stuff. I, I guess I get it to a point. Like I'm trying to relate it to like something in mind, but I don't got you. I 
I won't make it about me. I, I do that too much. But yes, I I like where you're going with that. But I do think it's fucking disgusting, man. You can eat mayo plain. And the jam thing seems more normal to me because I know I'm yeah. the I know I'm the odd one out that I well, don't and it's a really sweet. like strawberries yeah. and, and jam. It's a sweet too. It's right. It's like <laughs> it's just like sugar. Sugar laden strawberries basically is what it is. And so like that's different than eating mayo, like a spoonful of mayo. Which I guess. Yeah. Um anyway, so that like that's one under is that like I realized that basically like if I just let myself eat the way I wanted, I'd be 280 pounds or something like that and just a slob. Right. Like I would do whatever if like I didn't have any self-discipline. I would just eat whatever and I wouldn't be able to control it at all. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. Like yeah. I, I don't know what my weight would top off at, but like if I did what I wanted to do all the time, it wouldn't be good. No, yeah. You know, so I've been there where I did do what I wanted to do all the time and it was trending in the absolute wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, and then so uh I don't want to say Monday night. So I helped my dad do some drywall, right? And he he drops off my drywall knives in my bucket and he had some paint left over and he just left that at my house too. Right. And so I'm he left it all inside my house. I'm gonna take it out to my shed, taking all my stuff out. I got this quart of paint. I'm I'm trying to carry like two thing, two or three things at once. And like, I just drop it and I don't even like react because I don't think anything's going to happen. So I drop this can of paint and then it's all over my rug. It gets all over my, uh, the door to like go outside, which is a, like a slightly different room than our house. Like, so I put this little mud room on our house and I dump this quart of paint in there, just covers our rug and then covers the door. Then I open the door, take the the large rug out and we have three rugs in there and it gets on the next rug over too. So then I have to spend like the next, I don't know, 30 minutes outside trying to hose off this rug and trying to like get the majority of the paint out. And I got close, but it's still stained and my hands were like frozen for the whole night. It just ended up turning like a night that was going to be just fine into a pretty shitty day. Ah, uh, that is awful. I but sometimes I get lost in these. So like these, like it was actually like rugs that you use in a room in your house because you got written a mud room, and I don't fully understand yep. what a mud room is. So so the what like this is a like our mud room is where we keep all our shoes, all our jackets, like our oh, okay, so like a porch that kind, kind of. of. Yeah, so it's a so I enclosed it though, right? So it's enclosed. It has a door. It doesn't have any heat in it. Right. Yeah, so it's it, an enclosed you, porch. Okay, I didn't yeah. realize that was called a mud room. So I think um, that's what we call it in our house. Um, a lot of mud rooms have like washers and then like water sources, and are okay like in a house that aren't. And it's not a porch, but ours. Yeah, is just like used to be a porch, and I enclosed it. Yeah, that was our laundry room. Was like a porch. I don't know, but we had laundry room and then it was not heated. I think we had some source of heat getting out there, but we're not when I seen mud room like written on the thing, like I thought you had like a 
like a wheel, like where you like <laughs> made pottery and shit. Like I was like, damn, I did not realize like Mike and his wife got got into like pottery and shit. No, no. So I think like the idea of a mud room is that you can get rid of like your muddy shit while you're coming into the house. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense to me in that. But I, I think like if if you Googled what a mud room is. I feel like it's a place you do pottery. Could be. We'll do it quick. You keep going with yours. I'll, I'll tell you what a mud, the Google definition of a mud room is here in a second. Anyway, I dumped out this entire can of paint, can't, dropped it, cap fell right off like immediately, and then ended up having like a relatively like shitty evening because I'm cleaning up this paint. The, entire fucking time and then every time i'm trying to clean it up and like wipe it off it's just spreading right because you can't like white paint up because when you white paint fucking spreads over fucking everything so it was it was just a mess but it was i mean everything ended up being fine i'm probably gonna have to buy a new rug here and then i'll put that off for four years but it's yeah just it's your mud room it's where your muddy boots go but yeah no you were 100 percent right so an american term of mud room is traditionally a home's casual secondary entrance and dedicated space to remove and then it's got in quotations muddy boots coats and wet and i didn't click on it that's it it just stops in wet i would say probably says wet panties something like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right we get home baby take them off let's go Uh, sorry (laughs) rip rip those rip those undies off (laughs) yeah yeah that's what that's what it's there for that's what a mudroom's for Uh, i like it anyway my over for the week is like same as my over for every week but we went out skiing on Sunday before the Super Bowl, we went to Cascade, which is right on the interstate between uh, the Dells and Madison, right? So it's the one right off Big the interstate. Money, you, off the interstate yeah. yeah, you've seen it a hundred times if you ever drive to Madison. And uh, they have a super nice hill. Their hill is really good. And then it was warm. So it was like I had, I think I took my sweatshirt off and just had like a regular coat on. Right. I have a shit like this shitty, pretty thin packer coat that I just layer up underneath. And uh, I just had that on for the day. And it was perfect. So it's like a shell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's super nice when you can do like some semi like cold weather stuff and like just very light clothes, like jeans and like. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So it was, like that it. was a. It's a pretty good day. And then we got home for the Super Bowl, watched the whole Super Bowl. So sounds like a great, great weekend. All right. Are we ready to roll into mine here? Yep. The more important part. Just kidding. I always feel like it is. Whenever we listen back to the episodes, I'm like, oh, I interrupt Mike so much and he never interrupts. No, nah, you're me. all good. I think but, that asking questions and like putting your input in, that's a big piece of what we're doing here. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But I, I take it over a little bit too much. So what I have for my unders are pretty basic as well. So Mike and I, and we're we're gonna get into the one. So 
I lost the Super Bowl bet, which in turn means I lost the big bet, which means I have to run a 10K in a shirt that Mike picks. Um, and then at the end of it, I have to do a shoey and smoke three cigarettes. We'll, we'll get into that stuff more. But anyways, the reason why I made it like such an under is because I was dead to rights. I, I, ha- I played the like perfect Wisconsin basketball, Wisconsin football season is, you know, maybe I started hot. I can't remember how it started, but anyways, I got to the points. It, it was kind of like the Packers season this year, actually. Like where I was dead to rights. Like I was about to fold like halfway into the season. Mike had like such oh, a big sure. lead. Yep. Yeah. Mike had like such a big lead on me. Make a just come charging back. I think I was like positive money in maybe the last like five, four or five weeks of the season. Maybe, maybe let's say like five of seven weeks. I, I was positive. Made made a pushback. And then I was winning the bet at halftime, pretty confident that I had won the bet and I lost the bet. So, so that was an under, so I had to find a 10 K, but like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later. Other under I got is I have to build a chair, which I don't think is going to be that hard, but I just don't like doing it. So got to rip it out of the box, put it together, but that leads directly into an over. I'm going to have a new chair. So my chair right now, I don't see too much wrong with it, but my wife thought I deserved a comfier chair. So she ordered me a comfier chair. And now I got to put the comfy chair together to have the comfy chair. So I'm going to have a comf- more comfortable chair. And she's usually right when it comes to these things. And then I'll sit in the new chair and I'm like, damn, I really did need a new chair. So <laughs> pretty, pretty high highs there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that that's pretty good that have it like get a brand new chair. I've had a, I've had um, probably the chair that's in my office at work has probably been there for since they opened the facility. It's, and it used to probably be like a patient chair. And like they're like, all right, staff can have this one now. We'll get new chairs for patients first. And so yeah. I, it's just like a shitty chair. We're at like McCoy. I feel like they had like this big, like standard, like they didn't want people getting carpal tunnel and they wanted you all set up absolutely correctly. So they were buying like everybody new chairs when I left. And the next two places though, that did not give two fucks what you had for a chair. Not at all. Like, yeah, I'm just not that particular of a person like where I don't like, maybe if I have like a new chair, it will make my life better, but I don't think I would realize it until I had a new chair. Yeah, I'm just pretty simple, like go with the flow. I, I could be using the chair I'm sitting in forever and it wouldn't bug me that much. Even though my I put together my wife's chair about a year ago now or whenever we moved into this place and her chair is excellent. It, I've done a couple shows in her chair. And I'm like, okay, this is right. And it can like recline and stuff. But anyways, I'm spending too much time on a chair. So I'm going to roll into, I'm just going to hit them quick. So got out and hit some golf balls Sunday. That was nice. A nice Florida treat I took advantage of. And then the Super Bowl party that I went to 
was really fun. We had we had a lot of good food, so it was good to go on on Sunday. And I, I guess I just haven't really done anything for a Super Bowl in a long time, probably since I've left Wisconsin. Like I've definitely watched a couple Super Bowls just sitting in a hotel over over the past few years. So it was yeah, nice so to I, actually be back in an environment watching it. So outside of my in-law, yeah. So outside of my in-laws, I don't think I've watched many Super Bowls in a party setting. Yeah. It's it got to the point where it's like overrated. And now it's kind of came back to like I knew it was gonna be a good Super Bowl. I think it was like the Packers. There's no way I was going to somebody else's house for it. Like I'd want to be in control of what's going on, unless I knew it was like a Packer fan and the game took precedence. Like here, yeah. I, I was kind of like, yes, I really want to watch this game. The guy's house we were going over to also really wanted to watch the game. So I knew, like, I knew it would be like taken care of and he's very hospitable. So like, I also knew like that all the ambiance around it was going to be good. Like we had, like drinks leading up to the game, music playing, shooting the shit. We had a dart board that we could have played if we wanted to, but we ended up not doing that. But, but yeah, it, it was just fun. Yeah, and then had a couple more friends over there. Good time, good Super Bowl. So my week is mostly filled with overs. Nice. All right, you ready to roll into the Super Bowl picks and what determined my fate? All right. Yeah, for sure. You go for it. You you all, leave. all right. So uh we did a, bu- a few prop bets. We did the um basically the overall winner. What was the line on it? Two and a half we had? Two? Yeah, by the end of it. It was two and a half. I think we got it written down. Yeah. One and a half. We got it in at one and a half. So it didn't really matter who you picked yeah. for the most part. I mean, unless it's a one-point game. Um, and then we got into – so the bing bongs are things that we gamble on all year. We get, we bet on every game, and our outcome came to this. We did 100 bing bongs on all the prop bets, and then – there was plus money on the anytime touchdown scores, whatever. I think we used FanDuel had on them. And then whatever. It's our first and then 500 on, 500 on the game, right? So um, basically our first one was the kickoff, whether that was going to be returned or going to be a touchback. And uh, Pat's uh, grinning like a possum eating saw briars because he has two years in a row said – the return like line shouldn't be as high as it is, and it's going to be a touchback. And two years in a row, he's been right. I think it's more satisfying that how wrong you always are. Like you're like Pat McAfee told me this. He he uh, he runs a betting site, and he doesn't want any extra money on one side or the other. He so he does run a. Or he doesn't run a betting site. He bets on FanDuel. He's sponsored by FanDuel. Um, I assume that he wants to, like, I assume when he tells me he wants to take most of FanDuel's money that he's being honest. But 
Yeah, no, it, that gets into like a deep waterfall. I, I don't, I don't think he knows. Like, I don't think FanDuel's like, hey, try to get a bunch of money on uh, the kicks going to be returned. So when the yeah. touchback hits, we're going to kick you a percentage. So I think that he's looking at it a little bit like um, differently too, because he kicked off from the 25 and now they kick off from the 32. Yeah. Which definitely changes things. I can't remember if it like you, if he kicked it deep, I'm pretty sure he kicked it like into like five yards deep in the end zone. So this guy, so he kicked it. So the the initial kickoff was to the like I guess the the left or the, like the top of the screen when I was watching it, and so like the guy would have had to do something kind of spectacular, but it did land in the end zone to actually make the catch. You know what I mean? Because you're standing in the middle of the field, so you got to make like a twenty yard run to catch the ball. Maybe not quite that far, maybe fifteen, but you got to make a fairly significant run to go catch the ball. And then you got to be start trying to move forward, which would have been challenging, I think. So, yeah, it was just like a good kickoff or a touchback where I felt like two yep. years ago, the guy was just like, no, yeah, I'm just like, not going to touch it. Yeah. Like, you know, I could catch this and run it back, but I'm just going to let it go yeah. in my head. Yeah. I this one, love, I think I, I don't love that, that they don't have to like down the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like when we were growing yep. up, you needed to like catch it and kneel it. Like, are you sure? Or fair catch it? Yeah. Like it, it wasn't like if the ball hit the end zone, it was a dead ball, or maybe it was, but like that's not like how I remember the rule. Like, so say nowadays, if it kicks it, it goes over the guy's head, it bounces in the end zone, but it doesn't go out of the back of the end zone. Like the ball is dead. Like it hit the end zone. Right. It's dead. It shouldn't be because, in theory, the defense can recover that ball as long as it goes past 10 yards. And I think they used to be able to, but like it it is kind of like a safety thing. It's like, I I guess now that I'm like talking it over in my head, it kind of makes sense because like you just get gonna have like some stupid play happen because someone's like that ball might be live after it hits the end zone. I, I don't know. I think no, yeah, I, get I think you're right. I would like that better. At least it would make them catch the ball, right? Because you can't guarantee it's going to go out the back of the end zone. You can guarantee it's going to hit in the end zone, but you can't guarantee it's going to go out the back. And then kickers would do more crazy stuff, like try to get it to bounce back into the into play, right? So I feel like yeah. punters have gotten way better about being able to like kill their kicks in some way, right? I can't guarantee that that's accurate, but it feels that way. That it used to be like if a punt hit the ground, it just bounced like crazy towards the end zone. And now it feels like they die pretty consistently. I I feel like it was more random before. Like you didn't know whether once the ball was going to, and I still feel like it's like pretty random. Like the biggest uh, philosophy change I've seen in punting is you remember the coffin corner? That was like second yep, big yep. when we were growing up. Like it was always like try to kick the ball at an angle out of bounds at the like, one yard like, line or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. But now it's just like kick it high. 
and like yeah, they don't even five like the five. shoot for the they don't even shoot for the sidelines, even when okay. they know they're gonna put it inside the five. Yeah, very rare. Yeah. Right. All right. Our next up um uh prop bet was the coin toss. Uh basically just straight up heads versus tails. I went with tails because tails never fails, and Pat went with heads. Tails hit on that. Um, I don't remember who did the coin toss or whatever. I don't know who was out there. Do you remember? Doesn't matter. It was tails. There's no analysis to this. It's a 50-50 shot. It's always a 50-50 shot. I feel like it was one of Pat Tillman's graduates. Oh, yeah. Something Uh, like that. Yep. Yeah. Or the lady who runs the Pat Pat Tillman fund. But anyways. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no um, analysis on that. I, I think the no. the the coin flipped uh, less than a half of a spin more than it should have. Yep, it did. And so it did, it's all that lady's <laughs> fault because she didn't flip it correctly. Some yep. just straight bullshit, right? Um, anyway, uh, the first play of the game, passive versus run. I think that this pretty could pretty easily change if Kansas City gets the ball first instead of the Eagles getting the ball first, but yeah, I mean, all these bets that we're saying that we're going to be throwing at you are a crap shoot, but I think you're hundred percent right. I think there's a way better chance that it's a pass up. If yeah, if you get so Patrick Mahomes, that's been there, done that in a Super Bowl. Whereas you got a young quarterback like Hurts, you know, like it's, it's just like courtesy almost if you're a coach. Like, hey, just get a feel. Like, hand the ball off this time. See what, you know. See what happens. If he gets yeah. seven yards, then everything becomes easy here, right? Yeah. Um, I went with pass. Pat went with run. Uh, the first play of the game was a run. Uh, like I said, I think Kansas City might have passed the ball. Uh, and probably, so this game was an anomaly with, passing versus running for the Eagles. But I would say for the most part, 75% of the Eagles plays are probably runs. Yeah. So this is a good one to like live bet after the coin toss, who's going to get the ball, then make your analysis on it, whether it's a pass or a run. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that line swings pretty quick, but whatever. I didn't. It probably does. So right. Yeah. Uh, which team scores first? Uh, we both were on Kansas city on this. I don't know if Pat thought that there was a good possibility that like Philly gets the ball and doesn't score right away, but um, I'll tell you what, I kind of did have that thought. He didn't think he just didn't think just, yeah, it it was just a zag. It was a zag on my opinions. Yeah. So uh, maybe made it out. Yeah. So for me, I just assumed that Philadelphia would, flame out on their first uh on their first possession nerves might get them right and so yeah i thought kansas city would have a better opportunity to score right away eagles got the ball first eagles scored first scored a touchdown right off the jump um really looked good in their first drive looked like they were going to dominate offensively and kind of did right um First turnover we uh fumble versus interception if it was going to be what was the other one that we there was a maybe this isn't the one maybe it's a different bet um, no you're right it was just gonna be a push if, or no turnover right yeah push if there was no turnover 
and we both took interception on that. Um, but Nick Bolton crushed a no. It looked like Jalen Hurts just kind of threw the ball to the ground, and Nick Bolton scoops it up and takes it to the house. Yeah, it, it was a weird fumble. Like it was more yeah. of not like a defensively forced. It was more of like a offensive error of a fumble. Yep. So I think if Hertz never switches hands with that ball, I guess it could get knocked out by a helmet or whatever. But he's trying to switch hands and he just drops it when he's switching arms to carry the ball and and he was trying to protect it. That's that was the goal of moving it. Um, first offensive score. What either touchdown or field goal. I guess this could have been like a non-score as well, right? Yeah. Like nobody scores in the whole game. Somebody's got to score. Well, it could have been a safety. Yeah, but it's offensive score, so we're good, oh, we're good there. Okay. Right? So we, um, we did cover our ass. And uh, we both took TD on that. I think we both thought these were pretty powerful offenses. I know I did. Yeah. But, and pretty good in the red zone. Um Next up, we had anytime touchdown score. Uh, I took, now I can't, Isaiah Pacheco at plus 145, and he hit second touchdown of the game for the Chiefs, I believe. Yep, you nailed Pacheco. it. And then Pat took McKinnon, who stopped at the one-yard line with a minute to go and just kind of hosed Pat on this. Yeah, what a smart play. I think he did have one more to like where it was very realistic that he could have got a touchdown where he, he got stopped just short. I think he had like two times one where he stopped on purpose on the one, and then one where he might have got stopped at like the two or something. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was it was a good play and it was heady. It was good football. Yeah, I don't blame I, him. I'm, you know, I'm interested I, like, to know if it would have mattered. I don't blame him though either. I mean, so I, it's very smart to do. Yeah, no, it, it probably more than likely won't have mattered. But if it did matter, he made sure that it won't, like, you know, there was no chance for it to matter. Yeah. yeah. I think it increases, uh, it was a good the, yeah, it, it increases the Eagles' chance of winning that game by like 5%, which is pretty big. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, total score being even or odd. Uh, Pat hits with this one being odd. It was uh, score was thirty eight to thirty five, which puts it at seventy three for the game. I went with even. Um, I think on that one, like it had to be like one chooses one and the other chooses another. I didn't have a good like reason. I chose even. You have a good reason you chose odd. Can't imagine you did. No, I didn't have a good reason to pick any of these things, Mike. Oh come on. Uh, well, Super Bowl. Very little. The touchdown thing, I think, was yeah, was thought out. Yeah. So Super Bowl MVP, QB versus non-QB. I think this is probably like the lock of the century to some extent. Um I don't know that even if Nick Bolton picks up that second fumble, if he's the um MVP of that game. And he should be, right? You score two touchdowns on defense and you should have got a MVP, but I don't think you, he could have. Do you remember who the Super Bowl MVP was when it was 
the Bucks and the Raiders. Was it Dexter Jackson? I feel like he had a pick six and another pick and might have got I do not. I do yeah. not. So, I mean, historically, they've had other guys, but I don't feel like they've had other guys in kind of a long time. Right? Um, yeah. Packers was Desmond Howard pack, uh, back in the day. Uh, so the Cowboys, 97. there was a there was a guy from the Cowboys and I can't remember which Super Bowl it was from, but he had two picks in a Super Bowl and he won it. Um, Like I could, I can see that when the Steelers wanted that they might've given it to Bettis. Yeah. You know, it could have been things like that. Yeah. I I bet your running backs used to be a better bet. Yeah. Like before 2005, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like it did matter what kind of game you had and not all like, so they gave it to Eli Manning. Right. Yeah. Two times. Dexter, probably Jackson, both time. Dexter Jackson did win that. That was a nice pull okay. by me. That, that was a great pull. I would have never, wouldn't have <laughs> ever crossed my mind. I don't think. Um, anyway, I think that's kind of the lock. Like, if you take a non-QB to get it, it should be plus 800. Yeah. Something like that. It should be a lot. Um, next up is the over-under 50 and a half. Um, the, like we said, it was 73 total points. The over definitely hit. Um, I took the over. Pat took the under. I have no uh, clue why. Yeah, that was bad. Bad, bad pick by me. I think it all hit like in the first half. Yeah, what was it? Twenty four fourteen in the first half. So we're sitting at forty two right there. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Uh, players and media guys are saying that the grass was really shitty, which it probably wasn't great. But like, football's played on like mediocre grass all the time. Yeah, even at the NFL level. And so I don't see why it was such an issue, but apparently it was an issue. So. Um, and then we got the actual game chiefs at Eagles. Eagles were minus one and a half. Um, this was for 500 bing bongs. I took the chiefs and one Pat took the Eagles and lost. And now he gets to drink the shoey sauce. Hell yeah. I'm kind of excited to try it now. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. su- summing it up though. So Mike, Crushed it, won $495 on the Super Bowl. I lost $600 on the Super Bowl. Mike finishes this season. I thought for sure after, like, seeing all the stuff, you were going to finish in the positive, but you're negative $195 on the season. So, decent season. You know, you bet every single game of the year, you only end up losing 200 bing bongs. Yeah, I'd be able to deal with that. No, I wouldn't. I mean, so, like... I'd still not be super happy about that, but that's all juice. Yeah. It's probably really less than that, right? So I was above 50%. Yeah. 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 If we had your record, it was probably quite a bit above 50%. And then I was negative 1350 on the season where that's probably right around 500, actually. I, I don't know. We, we would have to do the math on that. I, I was probably a little bit below five. 
Do you know like roughly how many games are in a season? Uh, not really. 17 times 32? No, because like all those games are played against somebody. 17 times 16. 272. That sounds about right. So that's at least 2,720 in juice. Yeah. Right? But you don't lose juice in every game because... Right? We did. Am I wrong about that? We, we lose... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we lose juice in every game we lose. So... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you figure this out. We'd have to like go back and do it all. I'm thinking, I was thinking like you could just figure it out from that, but I don't think you can. So 50% would be, so what I say? 2,720. So 50% of that would be who 800, somewhere in there, 800 and something, 60. It'd be 1360, wouldn't it? It'd be half of it, right? Yeah. 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 So you just lost all your juice. You're probably right at right about at 50%. Yeah. And I was 53%. And you got to be probably be at 60. Yep. 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 All right. Yeah. That's all we got. I mean, it was a great Super Bowl. I was pretty drunk. Um, I figured coming into the show that everybody's probably heard every angle of the Super Bowl so far. I don't know if you got any angles that you really wanted to bring up, but I just thought it was a good game. Obviously, there was that pass interference call at the end that was a little bit questionable. I mean, it, it was pass interference, but didn't seem like they were calling it all game. But I don't know. The Eagles didn't seem too mad about it, like the actual – players and so uh like i've heard a lot of people say you can't make that call in that spot i think that like that's the only spot you have to make that call right in the other part of the game like you never have to make that call right like so it's like all right we're gonna let him play today like whatever i think when the game comes to the line if there's a guy that so and this is going to be looked at kind of weird right like that it's not that it's not this, but if a guy is cheating, which a holding penalty, that's cheating. That's why it's a penalty is because it's cheating inside the game. If a guy is cheating in the most like pinnacle part of the game, that's when you have to call the call the penalty, not like let him play. Right. So like if a guy is trying to skirt the rules at the end, that's exactly when you got to make the call, not not make the call. Uh, yeah, I don't fully agree with that sentiment. Like, I, I think it like comes to a point of places just make a play. But like I said, like I mean, it was a holding call. Like if if it was like completely awful and it wasn't called, or if it was, you know, like no nothing was going on and it was called, I think that's shitty. But. It was a, a callable call and he made the call and it is what it is. Like it it did kind of put the clamps on, you know, having an all-time finish. Like it it just took like all the air 
out of the Eagles. And they were like, all right, well, instead of the Eagles having a minute would change to score, you know, they're going to have 15 seconds. So it did kind of, you know, make the game a little less aesthetically pleasing, I guess. So, and so the other, the other point I have about that holding call is that that's a huge holding call, right? So they ran that play two times for touchdowns in the same space. Um, I think Kadarius Tony got one and Pacheco might've got the other one that were there like wide open and they just dump it to him and they jog in. And that's the exact same play. And the reason that Bradbury's even near Smith Schuster is because he makes that hold, right? So he makes that hold as Juju's coming out of the cut, which makes it so Juju can't run to the sideline is effectively and Bradbury can catch him. Right. So we all know that like you grab somebody like they propel you or when you grab someone, you get propelled like towards them and they come back towards you. And so the only reason he's anywhere near Juju is because he makes that hold. And so I think, I actually think that it's important for the official to make that call there. And without that call, right. The game, I think Kansas city just is in the other boat, right? Especially if the, the Eagles come down and score a touchdown after they just got a field goal, which is more than likely all they would have gotten. I think it was, would have been third and like 12 or something. Right. Yeah. Would that put it into fourth down? I'm not sure if it was. No, I think it was third. It would have made it third down. So they would have had another shot. Like, you're right. And so, like I'm on like the exact opposite of the like general media that like you got to let them play at that situation. I don't think you do. I think that um, that's the most important place for an official to make a good call. And I don't think anybody's arguing that it's a bad call. It's just, they thought if you're going to let them play early in the game, you should let them play late in the game. And I don't know. Yeah. And when we did our Monday show, like my Super Bowl haziness of being at a Super Bowl party, I was like, there was like no calls in that game, but there, there was more than than you think. Like I remembered a big uh, get the guy to jump off sides call, and that not not really a call, but like it just happened. So yeah, uh, yep, they got him jump. So it, the argument there would be that you wouldn't call an offsides. Right. Like yeah. if you say you don't call pass interference, you wouldn't call an offsides because it's a too important of a play to make a call that might not affect the the play, which yeah. is silly, and, right. And I get your logic. And I think you definitely looked into it more than I have, like where I was like, eh, I, I don't know how much that, that call affects the game. And like I said, I didn't look into it that much, but um, I, I it was just a bummer. Like, it, it was what it was. Like the call was right and it was a bummer. Like for anybody yeah. but Chiefs fans, I would say. Or like, I mean, if you had money on the Chiefs, you were probably pretty happy with that call. Um but you're a Chiefs fan in that moment, right? If you have money on the Chiefs, you're yeah. a Chiefs fan. Yeah. So yeah, I guess probably like 50% of people were happy, 50% of people were. Sad, like I, I just wanted to see Hurts and the Eagles have a chance to go down a score, and 
they, yeah, they I mean, so I, that opportunity. Right. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree, but I, I don't know. I feel like I don't like that sentiment. Like, Oh, you know, like they scored, they should have another opportunity. Right. So like the Jarek McKinnon play is perfect because that's what gave him the nod an opportunity, you know, is that yeah they made smart headsy football plays after that penalty. Yeah. And I think everyone can like, for the most part, agree. Like the chiefs just looked like the better team on that day. I mean, they looked especially in the second half, Yeah, especially in the second half. Yeah. They looked like the two best teams going at it. And it looked like the chiefs were the better of the two teams. And that's who won the game. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great right. game. Enjoyable right. Super Bowl to watch. Do you want me to Google some crap about the Daytona 500 real quick, or should we just mention that the Daytona 500 is coming up on Sunday? It's coming up on Sunday. From everybody that I've talked to about NASCAR stuff is that this is not a race that you can really predict a winner, which means Martin Truex Jr. is going to win it. Easy peasy. Yeah. Prediction yep. made here. Let, let's just see what we got for a couple of the favorites going into this week. So I think the favorite is Chase Elliott. If I am not mistaken, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott are both plus 1000. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's pretty like high odds to pick a winner. I guess not in the sport like NASCAR. Well, so you could pick 10 guys at that or nine guys at that, right. And still make money. Yeah. So Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott are plus a thousand. Next one's Denny Hamlin at plus eleven hundred. <clears throat> Our boy, who you should bet the the mortgage on, is plus yeah. 2, so 000. if you got, I mean, roll like roll your four hundred one ks out of there wherever they go. Take the penalties. Bet it on uh, Martin Truex Jr. MTJ, and then uh, put. Put 10 bucks on uh, BJ McLeodo. Uh His first name is BJ, and he is plus. You might get a best job for the Daytona 500, too. Yeah, he's plus 75,000. So, 100, that's 100 bucks and 75,000. That's crazy. Wait, he's plus 75,000 or 7,500? 75,000. There's two guys that are plus 75,000. This is like, that's breaking my brain. Like, why would you, uh, like, I don't want to, it's a dollar to win 7,500? No. Dollar to win 750 bucks. Yeah. You put a dollar on him. I think you can risk that. There's only 40 guys in the field. Yeah. Not even probably, it's probably like 37. Like, it's usually like 36, 37. Yes. Maybe they totally got all 40. Because there's there's three guys. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Like maybe they're not racing that day for sure. So you gotta like you're <laughs> kind of like I don't know if that's that's a that'd thing. be pr- that'd be pretty shady on the part of the NASCAR like or the sports books people to just put guys that aren't racing. But you can probably get the field <laughs> right, and so even you get those thirty seven guys. So th- let's say it's forty. You can take a quarter of the field just under a quarter of the field that nine guys to win and you can still win money if everybody is plus a thousand or greater 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's like right around 40 guys. I was counting. As long as, long as one of those my... guys hits, one of those nine guys hits for the win, you make money. Do it. Do it up. Easy money in NASCAR these days. No, I don't nice. know that that's accurate. Like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> maybe it's like impossible to figure out too. But if one of those nine guys hits, you make money, right? Like, as long as you put the same amount on them. Yeah, I think I'd put a dollar on the bottom 10 guys. A so, yeah, and then if you put dollars on the bottom 10 guys, right, and you win 750 and like, yeah, still you lose a little bit, but you're hedging pretty good. Easy two dollars, and you win, and you win money. Easy, easy money. All so right. the bottom ten, the bottom ten guys get two dollars a piece. Top ten guys get a hundred dollars a piece, and all you got to do is pray for that the middle twenty don't screw you over. That that's exactly what would happen in that situation. All right, yeah, that, probably. That's our, I mean. <laughs> That's our NASCAR coverage for the week. So, so we are going to get into barking about the Bucks. So Bucks keep that heater rolling going. Oh, or I mean, 2-0 and oh since the last episode we recorded. Uh, they beat the Clippers 119 to 106. And then they beat the Celtics in a pretty epic battle that went into overtime, 131 to 125, and are currently on an 11-game winning streak, which I want to say is the longest. Oh, 12. Yeah, they just beat the Bulls tonight. So, so yeah, they're 3-0 and since the last time we recorded. Uh, we got to do a little bit of work on the Bulls game, uh, but maybe I'll pull that up quick and just see what the box score because we were recording and kind of watching on the side for that one. Um, forgot where I was, but 12 and 0. I think that's their longest winning streak since starting the 2019 season, 18 and 0. And I just heard that somewhere this week where where I think I'm right about that. But anyways, they are a game back of Boston. I want to say probably a half game. They were a game back when I wrote it. Now they're a half game back after they won that one. Uh, but we'll get into the Clippers game here real quick. And I'll try not to spend as much time as I did the past couple episodes. And we'll just highlight some of the key players in that one. So, you know, in that one, Middleton didn't play. So I think they're still doing a bit of load management on uh, Middleton with some of this stuff but other than that our boy Giannis is still scoring damn near 35 points a game Brooke Lopez put up 22 points in that game Holiday scored 19 points in that game and Holiday's just been on a heater of all heaters uh pretty much since Giannis and Middleton were out and he needed to be that guy. He kind of stepped up. And we were talking about it on the show before. And I heard Shaq say it was he, Shaq said when he was out of the lineup, he thought it was nice sometimes to see what other guys could do that didn't get to rely on him. And 
it just seems like Holiday has either taken a step forward in the scoring department or, you know, the Bucks as a team were are like, okay, he is that dude. Like, he can get the job done for us. And they just give him more opportunities to score those points. But good game in this or in the the Clippers game. Uh, like I said, he put up 19 points there. Um, game flow really. So the Bucks get out scored 22 to 27 in the first quarter. Uh, pick it back up in the second quarter and outscore him 32 to 24. And then that that trend continues. So uh close game out of halftime, then the Bucks take over at the end of the third and put them lights out in the fourth. So that's all I got for that game. Uh as for the Celtics game, we had a couple guys coming back to Milwaukee that were out for revenge. So Malcolm Brogdon uh for for the Celtics came off the bench. He didn't have 39 minutes off the bench, but he scored 26 points against his former team. Uh, so he he was happy to be back home. I kind of do miss Malcolm Brogdon. I thought he was a plus player when the Bucks had him. Yeah, he just like didn't miss threes. I mean, in this game, he was two for six from three. Uh, but yeah, he was just a very smart player for the Bucks. But then we had Sam Hauser. So he played for Marquette. I want to say, did both the Hauser brothers transfer to Michigan State? No. Um, only one transferred into Michigan State. I don't remember where the other one went. Well, Sam. But they split be, up. Sam would be the other one. Oh yeah, Sam went to Virginia. So okay. So yeah, they, they did split up. Sam went to Virginia, but Hauser just hits an insane three at the end of the game to tie it up. Uh, I think there was three seconds on the clock. Uh, we get the ball into Middleton, and Middleton kind of gets not a great look, but it's it, it's a look that he can hit. Like I wouldn't say it was a dumb shot by any means, but I mean, three seconds on the clock, you get the, in the ball and he had to take kind of like a contorted shot. Um, then overtime was great again. Uh, like I said, Holiday just kept up his heater. I want to say in the fourth in, in OT, I need to find like a quarterly breakdown of how, how these points are coming, but it Definitely. So how to end up with 40 points. And I want to say like over 20 of those points came in the fourth quarter and overtime. Uh, he was eight for 12 from three and, and just crushing it. Gives a big steal at the end of the game as well to put it away. Uh, and I mean, it ends up being a six point game, but it really was closer than that. Uh, they have an inbound at the end of the game uh, where Giannis is wide open at under the hoop. He dunks it to put him up six. Yeah. And, and but like it, it was just a scrappy fight, and it's just gonna be a fun series to see. Like I, 
I don't know if I would say I hope Boston gets bounced before the Bucs have to see him in the playoffs because I want to see this matchup. The one funny thing that I notice, and I'm going to have to start paying attention to this more during uh, Celtics games, I think we only do play him one more time again in the season. So Brooke Lopez was 0 for 3 from the field with all three-point shot attempts. So it was basically, like, I don't know if he just gets a bad matchup in these games. He had 25 minutes, so obviously Brooke Lopez is on the floor to do a lot more things uh, than score points. Um, But just comparing it to what I got up in the Clippers, so he had 32 minutes against the Clippers, 25 against the Celtics. So I, I don't know if they just have like a matchup uh, where it's not favorable to play Brooke Lopez, which seems feasible because, you know, they got like a, a decently stacked like 6-6 to like 6-10 lineup with Blake Griffin who – miraculously i don't know if i would say miraculously but he can shoot threes now like i I was amazing amazed how he was banging home threes and i want to say i've heard earlier in the year that like he worked on his stroke in the offseason and he's hitting threes at like a decent clip Um, i'm clicking on his name right now to see see what he's shooting from three point so yeah, he's shooting 40% from three this year uh, and 50% in the last 10 games. So he added that dimension to his game. Um, and then other guy that went off was Derek White. Yeah, the, the Celtics got a good team, but the Bucks got them. Helped that they were at home, I'm sure. And our top performers, Giannis, 36 points, as mentioned, Holiday with 40, and then Middleton with 16. Um, Grayson Allen chipping in 13 there. But, yeah, good game. Two best teams in the East, maybe two best teams in the league. Square off. The Bucks walk away with it. I don't think... We're, we're not a strictly NBA podcast, but it seemed like both teams were full health as well. So No, Tatum and Brown were both out for Celtics. They had four guys. Smart was out. Tatum was out. Brown was out. And there was somebody else. I don't remember the last one. There was four like starters out for the Celtics, and it still went into overtime. I'm glad you caught that because I feel real dumb about that. I could have swore I seen Tatum playing in a game recently but yeah so, so he might have been definitely so not on there's a re- so there's a real possibility that they just sat that night right so like a regular rest day for them right say so say their ankle is turned or something and they don't play against the bucks for some reason yeah it's kind of like you don't want to show show a team your full hand but yeah damn no i, w- I was way wrong about that and so I'm I'm wondering about that because I feel like like tonight the Bucks are facing Chicago and they got like three or four guys that are out. 
which I find to be like an odd situation that you don't want to, but I'm not sure why you would do that against good teams instead of bad teams. Right. But maybe if you think you're going to make the playoffs either way, or you have to beat the bad teams in order to make the playoffs, you rest them against good teams. Like, is that like a strategy in the NBA? I think so. I think you're right with, with that. I don't. So I think, I think you're right in both aspects of it. It's like the Celtics are kind of like, hey, let's not show them exactly what they're going to get when we see them. Whereas the Bulls are like, hey, we're going to fold early. We'll fold this game instead of folding against the Pacers or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever it is. Yeah. And so it was just like, just a weird thing that I noticed that four guys for Boston are out, like four starters, not even just four guys, four starters from Boston are out. And then like three or four guys from Chicago are out today too. It just seems weird. Yeah. Let's see what the Clippers brought to the table. So they had Paul George. And I don't know. Did Kawhi play? I don't know. He yeah, no Leonard in the lineup. So, but I don't know what's going on with him right now either. So, yeah, like there could be like actual significant injuries, right? And we just don't know. Yeah, that they're there. That's, so that's our extent of the NBA. We pay attention to what the Bucks do, and I don't yeah. even notice when uh, Tatum wasn't on the floor the whole game. But yeah, because no, he's I, inconsequential. Doesn't matter. I, Swear though, I watched the Celtics play probably the game before the Bucks, not the whole game, but I was like, "Damn, this Celtics team looks really good." Like, yeah, but I but mean, the Bucks, of course, Bucks are team, good. Yeah, the Bucks team in this game, like some of the extra passers that they got out to Javon Carter. It seems like all the pieces, um, like I don't know why. I think maybe I just like Joe Ingles, but he just seems to make like smart plays to me. A oh, he's lot a, of so he's a veteran, right? So he's yeah, he's like a guy who's been in the league for a long time. You just that you don't stay in the league if you're not a smart player when you're aged, especially if you can't like make explosive plays. I get that he's a shooter, but if you're not going to be able to make explosive plays, they're not going to keep you in the league. They'd rather there's probably a a hundred shooters in the, in college basketball that like get a corner shot. But if they make stupid plays and turn the ball over and do dumb stuff, they're never going to stay in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And he's found a way to stay in the league. All right, Mike, let's bark about the Badgers here. All right. So uh, that was pretty well synced. Yeah, better. Uh, Badgers have two games over the last week. They play Nebraska and they play Michigan. Um, they lose to Nebraska 63 73 in overtime. They're up 15 plus points in that game. I think um, 17. Up to 17. So I've heard, I heard like four different numbers. So I just put 15 plus because it was, they were, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was up there. I know. So, um, but they're up big. And usually if the Badgers get up big, they slow the game way down. They're, the possessions are so low, teams just can't come back in games, right? Um, 
Apparently not the case with this one. They must have gone cold at some point. I don't remember exactly when that happened. But anyway, the game gets tied up. Chucky Hepburn gets the ball with 20-plus seconds on the clock and just kind of rolled it down. I mean, right, takes up the whole shot clock and then does like a step back three, misses it. Like things that he's been doing kind of consistently all year is just um, not really making a good shot right at the end of the game. Maybe in just the last 10 games, whatever it is. But yeah, so you had can, two you, two pretty bad ones at the end of that one. Yeah, it, but you can tell, um, and they called the timeout right before this, so they had a play called. It's not like he had to think of the play on the fly. That guard was yelling out the play, and everybody knew what was going on. They had a play called, and it might have been that Hepburn drives to the hole and then looks for somebody. I don't know what the deal is, but it appears that guard's kind of mad. Um, Maybe in the replay, they cut to the bench of the Badgers, and all the Badgers just look really disappointed about what's going on. So I can't imagine that that was the play call that they wanted to run. And I think the biggest thing that I see that isn't Bo Ryan-esque is that if Hepburn had done that on a Bo Ryan team, we might not have seen him for three weeks. Right? If he... If he had done something like that, he might have sat the bench. Doesn't matter how talented he was, he might have sat on the bench for two or three games, like minimum. Yeah, and he rolled know, right maybe, out maybe in overtime. Had, yeah, yeah, no, and we might have had more depth back there, like where we could have maybe afforded to do that. But this so, team has like no depth. So I will agree with that. That I've heard a couple times that Hepburn's really their only reliable point guard right and so i'll give him that he's the only reliable point guard i don't think bo ryan would have cared i think he would have said i'll figure out somebody else to bring the ball up i don't care like if we turn it over nine times i'll take that guy out too right i'll just take out take out everybody who turns the ball over and i'll be down to my last guy on the bench but like i'm gonna like set a standard here that when you screw up and you don't do what i ask you to do you're gonna sit on the bench like that's just the way it goes um, and I thought if I'm coaching that game and I drew up a play and like, we tried to do something and my player basically said, Nope, I'm going to do what I want to do here. And I'm not going to worry about it. He for sure wouldn't have been playing the overtime. Right. So like, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose with you on the bench. Right. So like, or if I'm going to win it, you're not going to be a part of it. I'm going to set an example like you won't get playing time if we're not operating the way I'd like the team to operate. Now, not what happened. I, I was a little surprised by that. Um, he did have 19 points in that game, but he's eight for 21 from uh, the field at, with three three pointers. That's like that percentage just isn't good enough. You know, that's like a 30 percentage, 30 percent from the field, and it's just. It's not good enough. Like we need to be better than that. It's a little over that, right? It yeah, needs to be so, better. You can't take that volume of shots and not be making shots. Yeah. And Wisconsin was 25 of 69 from the field, nine of 31. So they shot 36 from the field, 36% from the field and 29% from three. And then they, they only, you know, shoot 67 
percent from the free throw line it's just not a recipe to win games right and so like he has zero free throw attempts or zero free throws zero points from free throws anyways i think he was zeros zeros from the free throw line which means he's not making contact when he goes down low like if he's driving the ball in like he's not creating fouls there either which doesn't help the the team i don't think you know if you're going to take that many shots we need you to be making more shots um so the michigan game uh ended up being 64 59 um Basically, it was close all the way through. Badgers got a little bit of lead in the second half and then just kind of hung on, which they couldn't do against Nebraska. But they don't score a field goal in like the final like 10 minutes of the game. All free throws, seven points they get in order to hold on to the win. Um, and Asijan had 23 points against Michigan. He was six for 12 from the field. And then he had one three-pointer. Uh, in nine from nine of ten from the line, so like that's the kind of like scoring we need is not like a volume shooter where we get points because we have a bunch of attempts, but we get points because we're having an efficient day. Um, I guess if I'm giving out like a best job of the week, I get again it's going to go to a season. Um, they're just like. He just feels like the best player on the floor when we're watching him. And I'd like to see the ball in his hands more and in Hepburn's hands a little bit less, right? So I'd like to see Chucky running the point and getting the ball to guys. Um, Shoot, it's like a Max something. Kesmet. Is it Max Kesmet? Yeah, Kesmet. Klasman. Uh like he feels like a pretty good, like a pretty good player that we don't get the ball in his hands quite enough. Uh Tyler Wall, like maybe we learned to not rely on him so much in the last 10 games when he after he was out. And I think maybe like put more on his shoulders again. Early in the season when we put basically the games on his shoulders, we were rolling pretty good. And I think we could maybe lean on that again. And it wouldn't be so bad like make him kind of have to be the man anyway. So I do think the Badgers are pretty poor this season. Like, I guess if they could go on a little bit of a run here late um, and maybe lose like just to Purdue, if you can beat everybody, but Purdue in the last five or six games, you can might be able to sneak into the tournament, but they're not a team that I would be worried about making a run at like a national championship or a, even a sweet 16 winning two games in the tournament would be stunning to me for a team like this. I think that like they could realistically go on a little run. I don't think they can beat Purdue, but they can go on a little run and make it into the tournament. Um, I don't think they can win in the tournament. I don't think when you're facing off against plus teams that are going to be able to win, I am going to give them a pass for this year. So last year they win the conference. Um, Johnny Davis goes to the pros. I don't like, I think if you have him as a junior presence in this team, you have him, Wall, um, Asijan, and uh, Chucky, you're in really good shape. I think you're you're probably a team that is scary in the NCAA tournament. That you got a re- like couple real shooters, and then you got a guy that can just kind of he. I wouldn't say that he's like a dominant college player but he's a plus college player that 
teams have to look out for in Johnny Davis and could really wreck a game if you try to take everybody else away. If you just said, all right, if Johnny Davis beats us, then Johnny Davis beats us, he's going to beat you, right? That was what would happen. So if you can play good team basketball around Johnny Davis, everybody else is in, like teams would be in real trouble. And so with him going to the NBA, I'm going to give the Badgers a pass. I think this is what happens to North Carolina is that they have a guy leave early that they don't expect to leave early. And then their team is kind of reeling for that leadership. And that's the first time I think that's happened to the Badgers in a really long time. I think even with a guy like um, Decker and Kaminsky, when those guys left, like we expected them to leave. We didn't expect them to stick around. We didn't ex- I think after Decker's freshman year, we didn't expect him to be a four-year player. Yeah. Right. No, I, so I didn't, I think it was a normal standard of him leaving. That was like, okay, I get it. Like we're going to have to replace this guy before his senior year where that's not what I think they thought after Johnny Davis's sophomore year or his freshman year. Yeah, no. And, and like you said, so Burns is sophomore, a Seijin is a freshman. I'm trying to go through the list here. I think Crowell's a junior. Wall's a senior. So, I mean, they're going to have, like, a lot of these guys back. Like, no. I mean, yeah. unless we're, yeah. we're losing to the transfer portal. So, this might be the year where they regroup. But if you get the guys back, like Hepburn, Asijin, Crowell, Plasmet, Jordan Davis, you know, they, they might be able to do something. I, I yeah. And like, and then you bring it, you bring in another player that can like do something. Yeah. Right. And they'll be okay. They'll figure it out. I think, I don't think that the Badgers are lost. I also don't think that you have to do what the football team did because I don't think, and we've mentioned this a few times, maybe off air that there's a real opportunity to bring in, what I see in the football program as the best coach in college football that's available, right? Like Kirby Smart's not available. Nick Saban is not available. Dabo Sweeney is not available. Like it's just not a thing that is actually like you can go get them. Uh, Ryan, Ryan day is not available, right? Like there's no way those guys are leaving the programs they're at. Uh, Yeah. Fickle was available. And so is Jim Leonard. You have two real options that you can fill that spot with. That's why you can move on from Paul Christ. And I don't know, maybe that guy is out there in college basketball. I have no real idea if that's accurate. Yeah, no, I, I don't know who would be better than guard that. And I mean, someone probably could tell me and, and sure. Then I'd be like, okay, sure. Yeah. So like if last year you go after Shaka smart or something like that, maybe. Yeah. But I think he was at Texas, right? Yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah. All right. That wrapped up barking with the Badgers and we got to run through hot in the street fast, Mike. So we're going to play some, uh, what do we call it? Pump it or dump it. So I'm going to read it. You pump it or dump it. Waste management open. Pump so the, 
I'm going to dump it. Scotty Scheffler won. It's done. I mean, it's a golf tournament. It's not one of the majors. Move on from it. All right. You got ghost runners in the MLB. So they're considering just allowing like a ghost runner, apparently, in Major League Baseball. Just a quick, probably clickbaity article. But I saw the thing. I was like, yeah, that's interesting. They are making a couple of big changes in major. I shouldn't say big changes. Um, Some changes in Major League Baseball. Uh, They're doing larger bases, 18-inch bases versus 14-inch bases. Something like that. 16-inch versus 12-inch bases. It's something along those lines. I knew they are bigger, but yeah. It's oh, supposed to speed up the game somehow, but I don't know. I'm not Probably sure. Probably safer too. I'm cool with it. It's a little bit safer, I think. Um, and then they're putting a pitch clock in. I don't know how that'll work. They are also um, telling you you can only throw over to first base twice, which I think base dealers are going to love. That it's going to oh, be yeah. like, like they're going to make them throw over twice. And then they're going to take like three steps and just get a balk and like, yeah, I think it'll work really nicely. You're more of a baseball guy, like connoisseur than I am, but like, how do you feel about that? That you can't throw over more than twice. Yeah. I don't really give a shit because I think, I don't know. I've maybe seen one guy get picked off after the third rollover. So I don't know. Yeah, but if they have the potential to throw over is different than not having the potential to throw over. Do you know if it's in between pitch or is it per batter? I think I'm saying I don't know. So I was hearing it from like a third hand. So I think it's like per batter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a little off base, but the pitch clock thing They've been doing it in the minor league since I was in the Biloxi area. And okay. I think that's fine, if not necessary. Like, come on, let's go. See, it's, it's in every sport besides baseball. Like, you got a shot clock yeah, some, and basketball. Some way to speed it up, right? Yeah, you got a play clock. Play and clock and football. football, yeah. All right, All right. Corbin yep. Burns arbitration. So Corbin Burns was asking for... Ten million seven hundred fifty thousand went to arbitration, and now he's getting ten point zero one million instead. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're gonna pump this, and you and I are gonna maybe get it. This might be the biggest uh, biggest deal we have here in the hot in the streets. I think this is the biggest clown move out of the the Brewers in a long time. I think. And we've had a couple that are bad, right? So you trade an all-star closer for what, right? No idea. Yeah. But um, what you're doing here is saying that this, so this guy's probably worth $15 million a year, honestly. And then you're telling him that he's the reason that they didn't make the playoffs is because of the way he played, which is ridiculous. Like, Every Brewers team that I've ever seen, if you put a good product on the field, the fans will show up. The fans are going to buy their shit. Like, one, you've signed this stupid deal with Bally Sports that you don't make the games accessible to me, right? Myself, like, even if I have MLB Network, I can't watch the games 
because I'm inside the blackout area. Like it does like I'd have no way to access Brewers baseball unless I buy cable and the sports package with that cable. Right. So unless I'm spending like, I don't know, 95 to a hundred dollars a month, I can't access the Brewers television, which is something when I was in college, when my father-in-law did do that and he still may, no, he doesn't. I don't think he does. When my father-in-law did do that, I watched baseball every night. Right. So like my wife and I would sit down and the game would be on, right. We might be doing something else like, you know, putts on our computers or something. Yeah. The game, yeah. yeah. Something else. Right. <laughs> uh, but like the game would be on like every night it was, and it was probably on three TVs in that house. Right. You so stud like, muffin, Mike. I know. Right. Just a, <laughs> just a player, super player. Right. <laughs> um, so not only have you made the, the product inaccessible, but now you're being cheap about the product too, where I don't remember like from 2008 to 2016 or whatever, that being the brewers. And I feel like that's what they are recently. Yeah. Yeah. When you were back in college eating all that juicy, wet, <laughs> wet uh, uh, kind of think of something that'd be juicy and wet watermelon and sure yeah watch watching the brewers in the background but yeah no the brewery kind of turned into like it, it's starting to feel like the pot of major league that we're well watching. good thing is good thing yeah, um, that's what i'm saying it's euchre's of, around then just a bit outside right yeah and those teams tend to make the playoffs as we've seen in major league yeah win pennants man yeah uh that's one thing I didn't like about Major League. Did, did they ever show them like win the World Series or like it was just not sure? I make, can't remember. Yeah, it was just like making the playoffs, but didn't show what they did after they after they made the playoffs. I want to say I'd ha- I haven't watched it recently, so I'd have to rewatch it in order to see exactly what happened. But but yeah, clown clown move. It seems like something's wrong in the Brewers organization. Um, as, as we talked about, uh, God, I want to say Hoffman. Um, Burns? Oh, my. No, not Burns, but who we traded last year. I'm blanking hard. Jesus Christ. Why? Hater. Not Hater. Hater. Jesus. Yeah. No, no. We're not in baseball mode yet. Uh, right. As we've seen, he didn't play too well when he got to the Padres last year, but it did seem to be like detrimental to it. Gut, it gutted the Brewers, right? Yeah. So it affected the way the Brewers played baseball. Yeah, and yeah, it just just was not good for the clubhouse. But we do have a fairly talented roster. I was talking to the Cubs expert uh, that we might have to bring on, Craig. And he was saying the Cubs are loading up, so they're coming, they're coming for us. And we're yeah. kind of okay. shortchanging, shortchanging our best players. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So like I feel like more or Wisconsin sports fans would support the Brewers 
excessively if you put a good product on the field. And so you like trying to like dime store the team isn't effective. Like I think that it's not good for your market. Yeah, it seems like something something needs to change there. All right, but we do need to move on. So next we have Team Fluff whooped the living shit out of Team Rough in the puppy ball. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, so that's pretty much what I expected. Team Fluff is just loaded. Yeah. It's the way that's the way that that game's gonna go every time. It's not the Eagles versus the Chiefs. This was just basically uh the Eagles versus the Texans, and that's just how it's gonna go. Yeah, Chewy Chewy gets the BJ in that game. Uh three touchdowns. Just a dog. Chewy. Yeah. Just a, he's just a human. Yeah. And the last one we have that we'll try not to spend too much time on, but we all tend to when this guy's name comes up. So we have Brett Favre is suing Pat McAfee, Shannon Sharp, and some Mississippi lawyer. I tried to dig into this uh, a little bit. Not not lawyer. So, someone in their government that he's suing. Uh and the article was just too long. Didn't feel like reading it. I tried to exonerate my boy Brett, but just a bad look. Um, to me, it seems like if you, maybe we shouldn't even be talking about this, but if you allegedly someone, do something. Yeah. Right. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying if you sue people for defamation of character about something that you know, you probably had a little bit wrong doing in doing. And well, then, so he is it correct that he did it, but he didn't. So his argument is that he doesn't know that he's doing it, right? Like, what, so he took what, the money. We know he took the money. He just doesn't know that, like, he's taking it from the welfare fund. We, he knows he took money because he returned money. Yeah. Is that an accurate well, statement? I'm not like that into it. And I listen to the guy he's suing every day. So might not like have an accurate representation of what's going on. Yeah, no, we'll have to do a book report on this one because yeah, I, I don't know exactly what is going on. I think, I think you're on the right track there, but yeah, I think I treat Brett Favre too much like a family member where I'm like, uh, he probably didn't know. I, so even if he even if he doesn't know, like they're not saying anything that isn't true, then right? So like outside of the fact that they're saying that he's like a scumbag, right? But that's a personal opinion. Like I could say that about him, whether he does anything bad or not. That yeah. my personal opinion on Brett Favre is that he's a scumbag because he took Vicodin. Right. I know he took Vicodin. It was reported in the news all over the fucking place. Like that's why he's a scumbag. Or he's a scumbag because uh he didn't teach Aaron Rodgers how to be a quarterback. Like I can call yeah. him a scumbag over lots of different shit. But and that's kind of the stuff that they're saying is that like they're making jokes about how terrible of a human he is because yeah. he took welfare money. And so if he took welfare money, he's got no leg to stand on. And on top of that. Like every time somebody from Pat McAfee's team says something, McAfee will step in and be like, allegedly he did this. He allegedly did this. Like, and it, 
I mean, maybe they've missed a few times, but it's not very often that he doesn't say allegedly. Yeah. Well, because his whole thing was when he got drunk and jumped in a river or some shit. And it was allegedly like, I'm pretty sure he had a t-shirt that said like allegedly, and it was like his mugshot or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. He like to this day won't say that he did any of that shit. Yeah. But like but their yeah, story what, is I did this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of what we got for the show. So we are, you want the PDs? No, no, no we'll get to we're, that we're one gonna, next time. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll cut it. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We're running a little long. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Um, and thank you for your support because even if you didn't support us, we're going to keep doing it. But we appreciate the support more than not being supported. So thank you for that. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. We really do appreciate it. Pound the like button, the subscribe button. Slam button on it. it is. Jam on it. <laughs> Slam that thing right on there. Um, like your mic <laughs> watching a, a, Brewer's a Brewer's game. game. <laughs> back. back All right. So. Uh, Anyway, we really do appreciate it. Um, download it on all your devices. Download it on all your people's devices. Listen to it on silent if you have to. And for all you suckers that are doubting the Brewers, the Badgers, the Bucks, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat em. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. <laughs>